Cool, guys. Yeah, it's, um, it's an interesting start today, actually, to a, to a service. But, you know, what, is it, what does it mean? Um, do our feelings actually dictate, in the end, our worship? Because if I'm honest, I wasn't really feeling like in the sweet spot, golden kind of circle there, if I'm honest. But you know what? He's still my God. And he's still worthy of worship. And I still, I think maybe that's a good lesson for us. That even in, and it was actually what came through right from the prayer meeting this morning. Is that the way we worship isn't actually determined by our feelings. So, yeah, if I'm totally honest, I didn't feel this like incredible presence of God. But man, I'll worship him anyway. Because he is worthy of it. So, yeah, is that cool? Okay, so don't feel like we missed it. Don't feel like it was a fail. Sometimes that just is it. Sometimes you just got to learn to fight and to push. All right, cool. So, yeah, man, before we even started, I actually... Um, Yeah, so before we start, I actually wanted to just commend you guys for last week. It was actually, it was amazing. So we had Milnerton come and join. They had some, like a team that came. They had a guy who was ready to preach. And what I've seen sometimes in the past when a team comes in and joins us is we kind of shrink back sometimes. And you guys were on it last week. It was so cool. It was so cool to see guys bringing words, worshiping, you know, really pushing into Jesus. And it was just beautiful. Um, yeah, I remember when we had all those teams coming in, we'd often lose that thing. And so well done to you guys, man. It really is, really is awesome. Cool. So, yeah. We, I was telling you guys last week, we've recently been away for this elders camp. So all the kind of elders in Josh Jen, we got away and we just went and spent some time um, with elders from Josh Jen, but also a few guys from around the world looking in. So we had guys from California who were down here, a whole bunch of guys from Holland, And it was a really special time because we got to actually just share and chat a lot amongst each other and sort of hear about each other's congregations, what was going on, what's happening in the churches around the world. And I got to share quite a lot with them about our little church, you know, Brooklyn. And it was incredible, actually, in speaking to these guys. I was just blown away again by what an epic thing it is that God has been doing here. What an incredible thing it actually is to be a part of this body and just part of what God is doing here. And um, yeah, I was just kind of had this overwhelming awe and gratitude again at what God has done and like a little bit of a paternal pride, not like a horrible, like we've done something awesome, but it was like, I felt like so many of us have come so far in God and he's done so much. And I was just feeling super, super amped about that. and it just seemed like one of the big words that came through on the whole elders' time away was about facing your giants, like fighting, you know, your giants. And it was just so cool to see how many of us have actually fought our giants. We've taken on the difficult battles and have fought them. And it's very cool. Like God has been actually shaping something beautiful and unique in this little body. And it is awesome. And what I love is, um, yeah, like I wouldn't want to lead anywhere else. I like, and it was cool chatting to these guys. You could see almost a little bit of a, don't know if you can have like holy envy, but there were definitely some guys who are like quite sort of wanting what we had, you know. And um, 
Yeah, even just to share with you guys a bit like worship, man. I think like this morning was a struggle, but generally like we've got praise and worship down. I was chatting to some of the other guys with like full 15-piece bands and they're talking about how they struggle in worship. I was like, dude, come to Brooklyn. We can get it done with a bucket. <laughs> and we have, you know, and I love that actually. It was so cool to be able to just see all these different churches, different sort of facets and parts of the body, all with their own strengths and weaknesses. And um, yeah, I was just blown again by, by what God has done. And so a lot of this year, I'm feeling like it's going to be stepping forward into a lot of things for us as a church. And I've got a lot of um, what I feel God is wanting to take us into. But I thought it'd be cool to just look back a bit at what he has done. I think from the time we planted till for like the first three or four months, it felt like God was just working on that father heart thing, like father heart again and again and again of how we are actually his children adopted into his family, adopted into him, how he is kind of the dad, which was for most of us, I think, quite a, an incredible heart work that was done. And then we kind of moved on into how we've been adopted, not just by him, but into a family. He's pulled us into this church, this community of believers who, you know, we all live in each other's space. And there's kind of this incredible family dynamic going down that he's, he's built. And uh, then he kind of took us from that into, into abiding in him, remaining in him, allowing the spirit to do the work in us, allowing him to change and shape us, and really finding our life and our fruitfulness in him. And uh, so one of the things I love about God as a father, so um, is this word of adoption, and I shared a bit on that last year as well. So I mean, I've adopted Eli, and had it just been like, hey, cool, you need a place to stay and you need some food, come live with me and I'll feed you, that would have been quite lame, actually. Like there are lots of really good kind of places that do that sort of thing. But the real heart of an adoptive father and the heart of God actually is not just to, to give us shelter and food and nourishment, but actually he's got this purpose and this destiny and this inheritance for us that comes by virtue of being part of his family. And so, yeah, what I was feeling a little bit for this year was, let's just quickly put up Ephesians 2 verses 11 to 12. Um, so we're going to read a little bit here. So it says, therefore, remember that formerly you who were Gentiles by birth and were called uncircumcised by those who called the circumcision. So but a background here. Basically, Paul is writing to the Ephesians, who's a Gentile church. So before that, the only people who were kind of God's people were the Jews. It was the nation of Israel. Um, they were Jewish by descent. And, and basically, they were so wrapped up in custom and law that and like circumcision was a big part of their law. So, so you would get circumcised and that's how you knew you were a Jewish man. If you didn't get circumcised, you could be cut off from the body of God. And it was this kind of external thing. And then Paul comes and says, you used to be, you Gentiles were called the uncircumcised by the Jews. And uh, he says, by, the, uh, by circumcision. So that was, which was done in the body by the hands of men. So it's this external thing. You can carry on there. Remember that at any time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. So I love that word citizen, you know, for a lot of you guys, you can relate. Like, I'm a citizen of South Africa. I've got the little green mamba ID book. Um, 
But I mean, for a lot of you, like that's actually, you're not actually citizens. So many of our guys are here on, on papers, like temporary papers. Um, yeah, I love it. I, I don't even remember who it was, but I remember someone once reading about how God is my refugee. And I was like, that's like staying on topic there. Like your mind is like on the fact that like you don't have papers. But, it, but I mean, it's a real thing. Like, and here God is actually saying, no, no, you're a citizen. So you might not have papers here, but you are citizens actually of the kingdom. You are citizens in his family. You get all the kind of the rights and the belonging that comes with citizenship. So carry on. We lost it there. Okay. So are you on verse 12 then? Okay, we lost it. All right, come and quickly get it up here. See who's faster here. Okay, all right, I'll just read it from here. So it says, Remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. So there's this kind of idea that the Gentiles, they were separate from God. They weren't part of the covenant. They weren't part of the family. They weren't part of the agreement that God had made with the nation of Israel. And then Jesus comes and he changes all of that. He starts to say, listen, it's not what's going to happen outside of the body anymore. You know, it's not going to be the circumcision that determines whether or not you're in relationship with me. It's going to be what happens in your heart. I'm coming to bring all men to me. And um, it goes on in verse 17. It says, he came... And preach peace to those of you who are far away, and peace to those who are near. For through him we have access to the Father by one Spirit. And so now there's this person of the Holy Spirit which gives everyone access. And it goes on to say, so can you get up to verse 20 there for me quickly? Okay, next one. Next one. Okay, cool. Um, all right, I'll read it from here. So it says, Consequently, we are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. If there is one thing I'm very keen for us to do this year, it is for us to become a dwelling where God lives by his spirit. He's not going to live in this thing. Okay. It doesn't say that he built buildings and put people in them. It says, no, he took you and built us together into one building, joined together to become a holy temple in the Lord, built on the cornerstone of Christ, to become a dwelling in which God lives by his Spirit. This is a cool thing. If we allow the Spirit to actually live in us, more and more we'll start to see him break out of us. We'll start to see him among us. And that's actually where 
the life is, is in him. When we're tired into the vine, then we'll start to see his fruits in us. We'll start to see his gifts operate among us. And so what I love is, again, it came up in the prayer meeting this morning, that I can't build a church. I really don't know how. Um, I don't know if there's a manual out there. If there is one, I haven't seen it. But, you know, God is actually building his church. He is both the architect and the builder. So he designs it. It says it, built on the cornerstone of Christ, built on the teachings of the apostles and the prophets. They, so God sets actually the blueprint, and he also does the building. The best we can do is kind of hope to just find him and stay in him as he builds his church. So, yeah, what I'm feeling for us is that there's actually been this incredible time of God building into us, of convincing us of this thing that we are saved, that we're part of his family, that we're adopted, that we're added into his church, and we belong here, and that's very cool. It makes me feel great. But what does it mean for us? What do we do with that kind of information? And uh, I love it. You know, 2 Corinthians 12, you don't have to put this up, but it talks about how we are one body with many parts, And in verse 18, it says, But our body has many parts, and God has put each part where he wants it. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And what I love is even for us as a body, you know, it's a, often you feel like I'm just the, I'm just the little toe. Man, wait until you hook that thing on a couch. When the little toe is sore, your whole body knows about it. Um... The whole body, man. There are parts of it that don't work. You're going to struggle, even if you're the bum. We've had some guys who've had some personal experience of this lately. When the bum doesn't work, you start to feel very uncomfortable very quickly. You get very sick very quickly. You can land up in hospital very quickly. And it's this idea that actually every single person here is so important, is such an integral part of the body. That's why I get so excited when visitors come. Because often when people come, I'm like, God, you're probably adding to me like a thumb or an eye or something that we need because we're not yet the whole body. We're being built. You know, and so maybe even for you guys, on a side note, this is not in our notes, but, but when visitors come, like, love them, man. Tie them in because you don't know what gift God is actually adding to us in that moment through them. I look at so many of you who are now part of us who once were visitors, and I'm like, how did we ever actually get by? without you? How did we ever look anything like Jesus without you? And I really, like, I think that of you. I feel that of you. And so really when visitors come, I get stoked because I'm like, yes, people are coming and man, like we're going to, you know, they're going to meet Jesus or maybe they already know Jesus and they're going to add something to us. And, And it's beautiful. And God has put us here to reach the neighborhood of Brooklyn. And those are all these kind of great, quite like good feelings. But there's a very selfish little part of me which is like, yes, what are you bringing? Maybe you are an eye. Maybe you're going to be a heart. Maybe you're a kidney. Maybe you're this part that actually this body is not going to be fully healthy without. And so I get really, really excited when visitors come because I think it's going to be incredible for us. Can you put up Ephesians 3, verse 6 to 12? So God has built you all into this body, this 
church, this temple, that was fast as eagles. Well done, dude. It was very good. Um, yeah, but he's building us all into this body. We're all part, actually, of this building of the church, this temple that hopefully God is going to inhabit. And if he's not here, I'm out. Seriously. Not doing this if God is not in it. Um, so Paul is writing and he says, this mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel. So there's that idea again, you know, we've been bought in by the blood of Jesus. The gospel has actually made us co-heirs, just like the Jewish nation was God's people by right and by birth. By what Christ has done, we are his nation by right and by birth. Because we're born again in his blood. We have his identity in us. And we are members together of one body. So there's that whole idea again. We're part of the body. We're all members. We all together need to get this thing done. We're sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all God's people, this is what I love. This is Paul the Apostle, okay, the guy who pretty much gave us the blueprint for the modern church, counts himself as the least of all God's people. Paul's saying, like, I'm the little toe in this whole thing. And he says, this grace was given to me. God put something in him to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things. His intent was that now, through the church, through us, this body that he's building, this temple that he's building, the manifold wisdom of God would be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. Yeah, man, that for me gets me super excited because he's done this thing. He's taken all these little random floating people, has pulled us together, has grafted us into a church, into a family, into a body that is actually functioning really well and really effectively in a lot of ways in the kingdom. And that actually through us, the church, the manifold wisdom of God is going to be made known to the rulers and authorities. The church is God's plan for the world. The church is the vehicle by which people are going to come and meet Jesus. That's why you don't get a one-man church. Not a thing. I don't see it anywhere in Scripture. And what I love about that word, so he says the manifold wisdom of God. Manifold, it's many-sided, many-faceted. And I have got a very real, very living relationship and experience with God, and I love that. But man, my perception of God is so limited actually just to my own experience and my own understanding. And then I chat to someone like Andre who experiences God from a whole different dynamic. And suddenly I'm like, whoa, there's this whole other side to God that I didn't see. And then I spend some time with Kevin and I start to see, whoa, actually that's what real faith and obedience looks like. Okay, cool. And so the more time we kind of spend together as a body, the more we get this kind of picture of what God is really, really like. And so even, that's why as like one person, I don't think we're fully equipped to live a total fulfilling, meaningful relationship with God. 
And so what does it mean for us? Where am I actually trying to get with this whole thing? So our little body, my body, made up of many different parts. Got hands and toes and sorts of bits that do stuff, which we have some medical professionals who could probably share a lot more insight into that than me. Um, but then my body, like me, I have become a part actually of this body. And together, we, all the members of this body, are kind of functioning and moving around and doing some stuff. But then this body, Josh Jen Brooklyn, is part of a wider body of Joshua generation. We're like 42 congregations, and I think they're even planting more now. And so Josh Jen, the wider body, is one body made up of many parts, each unique and important with their own skill set and gift and grace given by God. And then Josh Jen, as a church, is part of something even wider called 412. And 412 is there to impact the nations and the world. And so what I'm wanting to do for us this morning is start to just expand the vision a little bit. That you actually exist for this congregation. This congregation exists for Josh Jen. Josh Jen exists for 412. 412 exists for the world and for the nations. And even in this room, so many of your stories have gone out from this congregation to the Isle of Man, to Holland, to California, all over the place. And actually, you have impacted already the nations. And that's, to me, very, very cool, because seriously, who are we really? And I mean, a lot of you know my past, like, who am I really? Like, how does this stuff even happen? And so what I'm wanting to do a lot more this year is that we are strong in a lot of areas. We've actually got a gift in a lot of areas. As a congregation, we've been both unique in a lot of areas to supplement the wider church to add health to the wider church. And so what we want to start doing a lot this year is we want to start stepping out. We want to start taking some of what God has done here and built in us and taking it to the wider body because they need it. Seriously, I was chatting to one of the other congregations and he was saying how they're struggling in worship. They're struggling to break through. So I asked him if we can bring a team. So he said, yeah, yeah, cool, bring your worship team. And I was like, cool, we'll bring our worship team. You know how this goes, because you guys have been here. We have a worship leader, and we have a worship team. So seriously, soon we're going to go, and we're going to punk that congregation, because we're all going to rock up there, and we're going to rock up there with a bucket. Because actually, we know we've fought this battle. We had no sound guys. We had, like... We're like, cool, we need to be able to worship no matter what. And we actually won that thing. We fought again this morning a bit, but we fought for it. Didn't just tap out. And so that is something that you can impart on other congregations that will change the way they actually experience and worship God. That will change the shape of that church, and from there it will ripple out. I'm trusting even to start getting us in some, of, some outreaches further into South Africa and possibly even out of the country. I'm really, really feeling this in God. Like I felt like him saying, and you know, it's not like he's done all the work and now we've arrived. 
But I think he's saying, you guys have got something that I've built into you. You need to take this thing out. And he's going to keep working on us. He's going to keep working on this stuff as we go. And that's okay. That's fine. I'm still very much a work in progress. I will be until the day to see him face to face. But man, do you guys see that you've got something of value? That you've got something that is beautiful, that isn't there in a lot of our other congregations. You've actually got something to add. Because you are a part of that body. So you guys excited? No one looks excited. I'm excited. I'm like super to do this. Okay, if we all rock up there with a bucket and you guys are like this, I'm going to look like a chop. Okay, so please, if you just back me, can we just like... Okay, but seriously. Um, and it's awesome. And like, well done to you guys. You've fought the battles. You've been teachable. You've allowed us to lead you in a lot of the stuff. A lot of ways you've even streaked ahead of us and have allowed us to catch up with you. And it's epic. They're cool. I see a smile. We'll see. Are you excited? Hey. And so that's even why I love the prophetic. That's why I love Milani coming. You know, the prophetic team is not going to come here and tell you the lotto numbers, tell you what you're going to have for breakfast next week. They're not fortune tellers. Okay, that's not how this works. Even the prophetic. It's actually just, it is God actually just often telling you how he sees you through someone else. The prophetic is a gift to actually hear and see often the mind and the heart of God and just to, commun- to communicate that. And I love that because so many of through the years, just God speaking to me through the prophetic has activated and woken stuff up in me that I don't see. And it's awesome. So even that, like, don't miss it because it's going to be an incredible time. Yeah. Sorry to do this, but just, just one of the scriptures that I was writing is like, we are citizens of God and we are sons and daughters in his kind of kingdom. And I think if there's anything in us that almost feels like we're, Second rate. So sometimes in South Africa and in the country, you're not a real citizen. You're like almost a second rate citizen. In, uh, like in a way, the country can make you feel that way. In God's kingdom, none of that, right? And, and the things of God that we learn are the things of God that we learn that is in the kingdom of God. And just if there's anything in us that is like, oh, but we're second rate or we're Brooklyn or, or maybe the revelation I've got or something that I've done in or something that God has taught me, it's just for here. No, it's not. Um, if God has showed you something, and if you have a revelation of God, it is for the kingdom of God. And who is it to you to cheapen the work that God has done in you? What is it to you to minimize saying, oh, no, God, it's not so, so, so amazing. God died for that, for that revelation of you, for that victory that you're walking in. So what is it to you to go, no, God, no, 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 I'm just going to go low. He's like, dude, if I want to use you, for somebody else, then I want to use you. So you don't minimize that. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, if you look at my kids, so I've got three kids, all from three very different biological parents. I've adopted two different parents, and I've made one myself, which we had varying degrees of success. Um, But actually, all three of those kids, no matter the fact that they're drawn from different backgrounds, different races, different whatevers, what actually gives them identity is the fact that they are my sons. They draw their entire identity from me. They draw their surname from me and their names I even gave them. Their entire 
life and purpose and destiny is wrapped up actually in me because I stepped in and adopted them. And that's the same thing God did with us. He's adopted us. I now actually draw my identity from him. I draw my name from him. Everything about me that means anything, actually, I draw from him. So I'm excited. I'm very excited for this year. Um, And I think we're going to see some incredible things happen. And what I want to even encourage you guys is start stepping out. I was thinking, how many meetings have been changed because Ezekiel's had a word in the prayer meeting? How many times has the whole tone of a meeting changed because of something you felt in God and shared? That's incredible. And well done, dude. And that's not just for this little congregation. That's for much more. How many people are here because of the persistent friendship of guys like Kev and Komal? Guys, I think like half of this church is probably built just even by the two of you, just inviting friends and bringing people in whose lives and eternities are changed through you. And that is so much bigger even than this little congregation. And the list goes on and on and on. Howard chatting to random oaks in like Builder's Warehouse and then they come to church. And it's actually, I'm like, these are gifts. These are things that God has put in us. And as this body kind of gets its groove and starts working, like life breaks out and health breaks out. And so, yeah, I really want to encourage you guys in that. And um, I actually want to ask you even to commit to giving it because it's going to be stretching. It's going to be out of your comfort zones. You know, and it's nice lacquer here in Brooklyn. We kind of know our little venue and, you know, all safe and we all know each other but yo man you could bring some of that to the wider body that could change someone else's life and eternity be brave and trust God he's built that stuff in you and it's epic that he's done it in you but he hasn't done it just for you done it for his body but cool okay and I ask you guys to commit to that in this year And I don't know how it's going to work. I don't know how we're going to figure out the logistics of, like, getting everyone to Holland. Anyone speak Dutch here? I've got, like, a little bit of Afrikaans. Die hond het geblaaf. Okay, no, we're not all going to Holland. But, um, But, yeah, guys, I think we're going to have to, like, step out and stretch. And, you know, even for the guys who are newer and younger, don't think you don't have anything to add. One of my favorite stories from our little household is how Ezra got potty trained. Because he saw Eli getting potty trained. And then he just wanted to be like his big brother, even though Eli was still so little. And Eli trained Ezra to use the potty. You know what a service that did for me? You know how grateful in my heart I am to Eli? I'm like, dude, you took, you trained a baby. And I mean, Eli had only just learned it. So even those of you who might be the younger brothers, like you've got so much to add. You've got so much to give, even if it is just training someone even younger in the simplest of things. In the kingdom, that stuff carries such eternal value. And every single part of this body matters.
to me, but to Jesus. Cool. So if you guys are keen and you're amped and you want to commit to this, would you quickly stand? Yes, Jen, up first. Love it. Yeah. Yeah, Jesus, from the start, this church has been for you and about you. We've given our lives to you to impact Brooklyn and Cape Town and the world. And these things you've given us, these gifts you've even built into us, even the old wounds that you've bound up and healed, the incredible grace you've poured out on us, the skills and gifts you've built into us, and we want to give them back to you now, Jesus, and say, man, it's yours. It's always been your church. You have always been the one building it. You have always been the one steering it. Yeah, God, again, we just want to give ourselves to you and say, use us. We are yours to do with as you wish. We are literally the clay. You are the potter. Would you shape us? Would you turn us into what we need to be? Would you keep building us, Jesus? And yeah, Lord, would you use us? Because ultimately, that's what we're for. It's for your purposes and your kingdom and your glory. And so right now this morning, we just stand here and commit to that and say, Jesus, come really and have your way in us. Yeah, and even if that feels like it could be scary or could cost us a lot, that's okay. You come and give us the faith for it, Lord, and come and give us the grace for it. Amen. Cool. Cool. Guys, can I ask something of you? Again, we're missing a lot of guys. I can see that a lot of people are not here. Could we love them? Could you just check up on them, see how they're doing, check in on them, not out of duty and not because I'm asking you, but because they're a part of our body and we feel them when they're missing. We feel the lack and the loss when they're not here. Okay, can we do that? Awesome. Cool. Amazing. Okay, guys.